When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, welcome back to Fabs the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Boyd Buffalo. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, back here to pick our games for week eight in the NFL. Um, our picks to this point, Dylan, I don't know if we have our season standings updated yet, but there are some interesting trends, uh, and we will get to a couple of those here in just a minute when it comes to our betting locks and our upsets, I think. Um, but we're going to start, as always, with our games of the week. And a lot of games on the schedule this week with only a couple teams on the bye. So we jump in with two games of the week. And there's a similar theme here, too, isn't there? Because uh, we're going to start with our first one, which is going to be the Ravens at the Bucks. Of course, that's the Thursday night game. Um, you know, a, a very high-profile Thursday night game, it feels like, for once here. Um, and, you know, the Ravens are a point favorite here in Tampa. And this is one where, Dylan, we're going to – I'm going to theme this. This is – Last stand part one, and we're going to get to last stand part two here in just a second. Uh, but the Bucks are in a very, you know, precarious spot here. Uh, they kind of have their backs against the wall. You feel like they've got to find a way to win this game. Uh, and so I'm going to pick them to do that. Oh, but, man, that offense looked bad against the Panthers, and we know what Lamar Jackson and company can do when they're clicking. Um <sighs> I'm picking the Bucks here, but there's a lot of hesitation, as you can tell. And I think it's me trying to hold on to my Super Bowl pick, but knowing as things stand, I don't think there's any path to the Super Bowl for the Bucks. Uh, and I mean, I'm going to pick them, but and if they lose this game, they go to three and five. It's a tough one. I mean, it's a game I'm really excited for. I mentioned it kind of on the last episode. Um, just I feel like you know, there's so many teams we're still getting to know as we've, it's a continued theme. It's not just us saying it's, it's no one really knows all like who's really a complete team. Who's really good. And we haven't seen the Ravens play a complete game start to finish. Um, I do think given some of the things that we saw the Panthers exposed with their ground game, that there maybe are some concerns um, facing a Baltimore team with a very varied rushing attack and uh, what they're able to do, although they've passed the ball pretty well this season overall. I think the bigger thing is Tampa Bay's offense still has not run the ball well at all. And, you know, it allows this Baltimore team that has struggled at times with their pass rush to really pin their ears back and kind of go after um, after this front with uh, with Tampa Bay that, you know, as much as Wirfs has been great, the, the overall line has not lived up to uh, lines of pass for Brady here in Tampa Bay. Uh, right now, Baltimore's defense, for example, eighth in pass defense uh, DVOA, 23rd in pa- uh, rush defense. So it's match- It's not a great matchup for Tampa in those respects, but the Ravens always find a way to play these close games we've been talking about. They're the new Vikings in terms of and just another purple team that every week is putting their fans through a lot of stress. And uh, while they've won more games than not, just barely, obviously, uh, with their record of 4-3. and three. Um, So an important game for them. I mean, as much as it's, uh, you know, the – the Bucks and the Packers are in this spot, as I mentioned with our next game after this. 
like they're in a tough like need to win now kind of mode before falling too far back they're still in the nfc and i i almost you're looking back just to what happened with the ravens last year when they missed the playoffs i you could almost say they're in a spot where they need to continue to win these kind of games i feel like if they fall too far back with teams like the jets at five and two and a number of other contenders that have kind of stayed in the mix for the afc i just think that race is going to be really tough so there's a lot of pressure on both teams um I wish this game was on maybe a Sunday night instead of a short week, but maybe we get a pretty entertaining matchup here between uh, two teams that um, I, I really think they both kind of need to win. I'm going with the Ravens with my pick, but um, I think it's probably going to come down to a field goal on either side. I just I got definitely a little spooked by what we saw from uh, the Bucks offense throughout that game against the Panthers last week. Well, it's time for last stand part two because uh, in our other game of the week here, I have no doubt, gentlemen, throughout the history of our podcast, this is the highest spread for any game of the week we've ever picked. But there's a reason for it, uh, because last stand part two goes to the Packers, who are on the road in Buffalo against the Bills. The Bills are 11.5-point favorites in this game. I believe first time Aaron Rodgers has ever been a double-digit underdog. Um, going into a game, I don't think this line's moving below that before this game is played. So, um, boy. What an interesting thought that a potential Super Bowl matchup here in late October is now become an 11.5-point spread. But I think that speaks to both sides. I think it's the fact that Bills have been really, really good, as we've said. Um, And I think it's the fact that the Packers have been bad. And you combine those two things together, this is what you get. There is no chance in the world that I'm picking the Packers here. I am picking the Bills to win this game. Uh, But... Even with what the Packers have looked like, I think the Bills can run anyone off the field, as we've said before, but I don't know why. I just get a sense that Aaron Rodgers is going to make this interesting. But when you actually dive into what we've seen from both teams, I wouldn't be shocked if this isn't interesting at all and the Bills come out and just beat them by several touchdowns here. Yeah, I'm hoping that doesn't uh, happen. I hope we get a more entertaining game. Obviously, we put it here as our game of the week in terms of it almost was our Super Bowl matchup two years ago, both teams losing in the championship games. It was my Super Bowl pick last year, both teams losing barely in the divisional round. Uh, Obviously, I I did pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year, did not pick the Packers to make it, but I did pick them to win the division, and that I'm not even worried about that right now. They need to, as we talked about, just have some self-reflection of what they are as an offense right now. Maybe things change if they trade for a receiver, but I mean, at this point, they're not utilizing, in my opinion, their best two players outside of Rodgers on offense enough, and that's A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. These guys are both great running backs in their own right and very different skill sets. Aaron Jones, a great receiver out of the backfield, made a great touchdown at the end of that game against Washington. Do they commit to just being a, you know, some something along the lines of what we saw in the second half of that Detroit-Dallas game where Dallas is like, all right, the passing game's not working. Let's just use our two workhorse backs, use our offensive line, and go to work. Um, it's not going to be easy against a Bills defense that, uh, you know, in terms of this week, um, I wouldn't say that even winning this game, oh, I'm picking the Bills, obviously, and I almost made this a lock, which is kind of crazy with the high spread. Again, it's a game of the week, but I am really curious just to see how the Packers adjust, if they can stay in this game and be competitive with a, with a Buffalo team that leading the league in DVOA, second in offense, first in defense. I mean, this is a it's as bad of a matchup as you can get for any team in the league at this point. Um, you could argue, um, but I, I think for Green Bay, it's it's just a te- you know big moment for them. Also, as a defense, I mean they don't 
have not performed insanely well. They're in the back quarter of the league in DVOA. They've struggled more against the run in the past, which maybe helps a bit against a Buffalo team that while they've been uh, committed to running the ball more this year, they're still ranking towards the bottom of the league in rush offense DVOA. So maybe it's an okay matchup on that side. But it's really the flip side. Uh, I just want to see against this defense, what do the Packers have? Can are we just gonna? Is this gonna be another just disappointing week, or are they gonna actually look inward at what they do have? Maybe things will change. Maybe the player will be traded for. But even if they did trade for someone, you know, by the time this comes out or over the next couple of days, unlikely that they're gonna play on Sunday. So you're more looking ahead to later in the season. I, I just am curious how malleable can they be with their because they've been banging their heads against the wall. It's just not working um, <laughs> the last few weeks, and uh, you're getting to a point as much as. I mentioned with the Tampa Bay, like you're still in the NFC, you still have time to figure it out. You can probably go nine and eight, ten and seven, and still get in the playoffs. Um, but uh, ten and seven is not that far off when you already have four losses and potentially five this week against Buffalo. So I think watching them is going to be really fun. And also Buffalo just coming off the bye week. Um, I mean, they, they've I think they've only it's only their third home game if I'm not mistaken, and they blew out the first two teams they played at home. So they're going to be there's going to be a raucous atmosphere, I'm sure. I, I won't be shocked if they if they put a beat down on the Packers. I just hope that Green Bay has something within them to make this a close game at least. Yep, we will see. A very interesting line, to say the least, uh, with these two teams and where they stand right now. All right, to our betting locks. Um, we've not done great with these this season, Dylan, uh, but we'll kind of explain here in a second of the trend that you are on, which may actually be good for people in terms of betting locks. Um Mine, and this is going to, you know, for our long-time loyal listeners, Dylan, hearing me have the Titans as a betting lock is, it's like new ground. You're, you're breaking new ground here as the Titans will, it seems, in Nashville with a new stadium coming. But um, this is uncharted territory, I think, for me to put the Titans as a betting lock, especially on the road. And with a quarterback that is dealing with an ankle injury, I'm putting a lot of faith in the Titans here against the Texans, um, but they are two-point favorites in Houston. And really looking at the rest of the board, there were not a lot that felt great. Uh, I'll I'll give you another game here in a second that I thought about but um, until I realized something uh, of note. But I'm going to go with the Titans. I mean, look, if, I, if I'm picking them to win, right, like you feel like, okay, a field goal, they're only two-point favorites here uh, as things stand right now. So I'm going to pick the Titans but man it's like every time so you know when the titans go to houston i just i don't know man this this is one of those weird games and especially i think it can get weird if ryan Tannehill doesn't play or he's not 100 percent because i mean malik willis i think will wind up being a good player but i don't think he's there yet um so that's where this line probably by the time this game is played dylan this line could shift dramatically depending on maybe what ryan Tannehill's availability is yeah, absolutely. I still think Tennessee is a much better football team. I don't think we've seen Houston have the same fight as they did uh, portions last season. Maybe that will change over the course of the year. Um, they did battle with Denver, but as we've seen with the Broncos, that's not saying anything. Um, I, a lot of times in these kind of games, I look at what team has like if, if in a game where it's two teams are kind of shaky, but does one team have one really good unit? I think the Titans defense has come along really well. Um, Right now, Houston ranking at the bottom of the league in DVOA just overall. Um, that kind of shaky on both sides. But then you have a Titans uh, defense that has shut down the run, something that is really important to what Houston has, wants to do as an offense and has tried to do. And at the few times they've had success when they almost came back against the Chargers, for example, was a lot of Damian Pierce getting things going on the ground. 
I don't know if that's going to be able to happen against this Tennessee defense. I just don't know if it's the best matchup on that side. And to the point of the tech or uh, if Tannehill plays and all everything there, I still think that the Titans have done some interesting things in the last couple of weeks running the ball. It hasn't been pretty, but they're the better team. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm picking them to win, obviously. And I'm with you. I mean, with this low of a spread, like they should be able to cover. They're probably most likely going to win by at least a field goal here. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm going with the Titans too. And I just, you know, this is what they, they find a way to do. Even if they're always in this kind of mid middle tier DVOA kind of world, they still win games with Mike Vrabel and they find a way to get things done. So, um, it is kind of like you said, going to Houston, kind of one of those weird ones. I won't be shocked if it goes the other way, but uh, if I had to put money on it, I'd definitely go with Tennessee. All right. Now to Dylan's betting lock, which, um, Dylan, you've made people a lot of money if they picked against you uh, on the betting locks. And I think this may be a first as well because I don't remember you ever betting locks wise picking against the Rams, but you're going to do that here because you win either way. The 49ers are one and a half point favorites. Uh, in LA there and uh, they're on the road of course Um, I'm picking the Niners too I think that uh, they are the better team to this point I think Christian McCaffrey probably gets a little bit more involved this week Um, I think the Niners defense against this Rams offense which has just not been great Uh, there's a lot that seems to be in the Niners favor even even after giving up a lot of points to the Chiefs the Chiefs and Rams offenses, Dylan, I think it, that, you know, what was that? I remember that was the game a couple of years ago or whatever it yeah. was. Um, you want to talk about kind of where the offenses were then. They have not been on that same uh, level together this season, and I think that's probably the difference here to give the Niners the edge. Yeah, we're talking about a Chiefs offensive, uh, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes, number one, and the playmakers they have. But we're talking about an offensive line that's in the top five versus a Rams offensive line, depending on where you look, is either ranked uh, the worst in the league at the moment or in the in the bottom three or so. Not just because of their lack of depth, but also just all the injuries they've had. They're supposed to get Brian Allen back this week. But it's still Alaric Jackson start, starting a left tackle now with no boom out, and you wonder what that matchup's going to look. He, he looked fine last week or at the last game the Rams played against Carolina. But how does how does this work against a, a Niner front that is just so varied and so so uh, you know has just dominated this matchup? Even when the Rams' offensive line last year was ranked mostly in the top ten of the league, they still got beat up a lot of the time against San Francisco. They still had to rely on Matthew Stafford and some of the playmakers. Uh, that they've um, not had this year. They do get Van Jefferson also back. We'll see if that adds a different element for the Rams. Definitely hopeful over the course of the year that they can at least find a way to, to get into the playoffs. But I, I don't know if this isn't something you can just fix at the at the trade deadline. And I know a lot of talk for the Rams has been about going after a pass rusher. But this is just kind of what happens as much as they went all in and, and it worked last year. And, and honestly, it's worked for a number of years. They've been in the mix for basically the entire McVay era outside of 2019 when they also had a lot of injuries. But this is the nature of losing out on all those picks is you, you're, you, the depth you have at key positions like the offensive line. And we've talked also about the the Creed not picking Creed Humphrey and taking Tutu Atwell in 2021 and now Creed obviously dominating with the Chiefs. Those kind of moves just stack up over time and it's uh, it's just a, this matchup is too tough. Even with the Niners looking so inconsistent uh, lately, and the way they also got beat up by the Falcons, they're getting a little bit healthier um, overall as a team. So just matchup wise, it felt like hey, um, the Niners have kind of dominated this, and 
to your point, yeah, either I will finally get one of these right, or um, if the trend continues, where not only do my teams not cover, but they also lose, uh, which has happened, I think, every week except for week one and maybe one other, but I'm pretty sure just week one is the only one I got. Um, so, I, I, like you said, I win either way. Uh, I at least get a pick right, or I get my team winning. If they somehow win by, if the Niners win by one, then then I might as well just give up on this section. You can, it can just be the Blake, Blake's betting, and I'll just kind of sit over here <laughs> muted, and then we can kind of move on to other stuff. Well, you say that, I'm picking the Titans, so let's not get carried away and act like my betting locks here are um, a thing of beauty because, I again, I wouldn't be shocked if Titans lose this one. But, um, all right, we'll see. You win either way. All right, the upsets, which have been a little bit better for us, uh, and one of the reasons why is we have leaned into the New York teams. And Dylan, I know last week I jumped off the bandwagon, although I think I picked the uh, – was it – who did I pick last week? I don't even remember. Um, I can look it up. May have been the Jets. I think it was the Jets. Uh, I went back to the Jets last week, I'm pretty sure. That was against the Broncos. Um, I'm fairly certain that's right. But I say all that to say that I'm going back to New York again because this has worked for us over the past month, and I'm going back to a New York team which I'm going to talk about the Jets here in a minute and why I think they're still a candidate for the spot. But the bigger underdog is the Giants, the 6-1 and one New York Giants, who are on the road in Seattle against these surging Seahawks, who are three-point favorites in this game in Seattle. So getting the home-field edge here. I apologize to the Giants. I picked, you know, I went with the Jags last week. I said, I think this is the spot where they fall. They didn't. I feel like this is a worse matchup for the Giants uh, than the Jags was, but I, I don't care. I'm going back to the Giants here. Uh, I am not going to doubt them again until they lose, and I think this may be that spot that it happens. But you know what, Dylan? Um, I have to have to kind of go back on what I did last week. And so I'm going to pick them to beat the Seahawks here. here. But some for somehow, some way, this is one of the most interesting games on the entire slate. Yeah. And if you'd asked me that eight weeks ago, I would have said you were crazy thinking that this could be – potential game of the week type candidate too right here yeah this uh it's crazy it honestly probably uh, we should have maybe put it up there because in terms of games i'm most excited about it's right there at the <laughs> top of the list with the other ones we mentioned um uh to your point yeah we both had the jets last week we got that one right um i had the giants and i said last week exa- almost exactly what you just said where you're not going to doubt them until they lose but here i am doubting them i'm picking seattle um <laughs> a team another team that i've also quite a few times picked against um uh, I'd like to see my record with them. I've won some, but uh, a team that, you know, it's, I said it kind of in the last episode, Gino is one of the more accurate QBs in the league right now. He's running the offense exactly as Waldron wants him to. He's making all the throws. He's not forcing things. He's not trying to be a hero in a lot of spots. They're running the ball well. I mean, everything on that offense is clicking. I do worry about the defense still at the end of the day. Um, obviously, over the course of the season. I don't know if they'll stay in this top spot. The NFC West suddenly a fairly mediocre division uh, that's kind of become uh, recently. But to the Giants' point, I, I still I still believe in that offense. I just think their de- their defense is still has question marks for me. And I know they've put up some decent you know games and point totals and everything, but still ranking really low in DVOA. I still think there's a chance they're not nearly as good as this team will be in years to come. I, I, we kind of talked about it in the last episode. I really believe in what Dable's doing with the culture and some of the key pieces they have. I think they're ahead of schedule for sure, and you could say the same thing about Seattle. But Seattle, it, unlike 
unlike um, the Giants, is ranking really well DVOA-wise. The defense is more towards the middle of the pack. The offense is in the top three in the league right now. It's crazy to think about, but it, you watch them, and it's not surprising. They're doing it against some better teams. I know they did struggle with, with when they played San Francisco in some of their games this year, but I just think at home with the, you know, the amount of hype that's going to be coming off that last victory going into this one, I'll, I'm siding with the Seahawks, and I know I'm going to regret it because it's going to be the Giants again finding a way as they have all year uh, and I, I i'm not yeah i still think the giants will get in the playoffs at this point i'm not saying they're completely going to fall off the face of the earth but i do think there's a little bit of regression due for maybe the defense in particular maybe this is the week where we see seattle take advantage of some of those spots that aren't just finely tuned because they you know this this uh you know with sheen and the whole group they've been put in a place with uh you know didn't have a lot of assets not a lot of cap space nothing really to work with they've they've done a good job quickly digging out of it i think it's more towards the next year and, and years after that we might see the giants take off but it, it's a great launching pad and if they win this one then uh maybe i'll go back to what i said last week i'll start picking them no matter who they're playing unless it's unless it's the eagles or dallas sorry <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's probably, probably wouldn't do that either. But uh, all right, you're going to go with the one that I initially had, but I decided to change my pick um, here. So we had a couple different options. The Commanders are at the Colts. The Colts are three-point favorites in this game. Two teams that, uh, you know, you, you pointed out that started the season with different quarterbacks, and um, this is kind of a backup quarterback game, although now we know the Colts have made an official change. Uh, for them and uh, some Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger here uh, is going to be the quarterback battle in this one. I would completely stay away from this game if I was betting on it. Uh, I'm going to pick the Colts, but like I told you, I mean, I, I initially had the Commanders my pick here, and I just I, who knows with this game. So it's a uh, it's a mess. I think it's going to be more of a fun mess than some of the other games we've seen the Colts play in at certain points this year. Uh, maybe Ellinger will look fantastic and. Uh, some of the things will be fixed with the Colts offense. I think this is deeper, deeper with the offensive line not being as strong as it's been in past years. Maybe I'm a little naive to think that Washington can replicate the Heineke success of the, the past week. They did have some lucky things happen against the Packers. But um, I'm going with the Commanders just in a game that I think is uh, really at the end of the day uh, a coin flip. Like you mentioned, should have been the should have been the revenge game for Carson Wentz instead. It's just the Heineke show again. Two teams that are ranking. I'm just looking it up right now. Yeah, Indianapolis, second worst DVOA team in the league. Washington at 27th. Uh, both teams have more middle-of-the-pack defenses, though, and that, that's not surprising with what the product we've seen. So maybe if Indianapolis just digs themselves out a bit on the offense, maybe we will see a better product moving forward. If they're in the NFC, maybe it'll have better uh, hopes for their playoff prospects. Washington right now only a half game out of a playoff spot because of all the mediocre uh, play we've seen across that uh, whole conference. I'm uh, not saying they're going to get in, but uh, maybe Heineke keeps a little more magic going. I think they do have a bit of a special teams edge too. So I'll go with Washington in a game that um, honestly, I, I, it feels like literally you could flip a coin. If they played each other 10 times, I'd say each team would win five. It's, it's kind of that kind of game where it's just where the bounce is going to go and it, whoever wins those is probably going to win the game. All right, to our quick picks, and we will move through these uh, quickly. Uh, we are definitely moving through this one quickly. Uh, the Broncos at the Jaguars. Well, look, they're playing in London, but it doesn't matter who the home team is here in this one because um, I don't know how much of a treat this is going to be for the, the London crowd, which, by the way, Dylan's had some pretty good games there, from what I recall. Um, this one, not too sure about. Uh, the Jags are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, and as I said earlier, I was initially going to make the Jags my betting lock here, which – Kind of tells you something about where we're at because the Jags haven't won a game in a month. Um, but 
that's where we are with the Broncos. Now, I don't care if Russell Wilson plays or not. I have zero faith in this team. Uh, I cannot believe this is the discussion we're having about the Broncos right now. I told you, Dylan, last week, I think if they lose this game, I would not be shocked if there is a midseason firing in a coach's first season because it's been that bad for the Broncos. Um, I'm going Jags here, and, again, I would put this close to being a betting lock for me. Yeah, because we have last year we had the Jaguars at the quickest uh, coach firing with Urban Meyer. Um, yep. Could it possibly happen now with Denver losing to the new coach that replaced Urban? It's kind of crazy situation we have going here. I picked the Jaguars too. I don't feel great about it for you know a number of reasons in terms of what we've seen Jacksonville struggle to win with. They're still ranking in the top half of the league in DVOA despite their two and five record. Their expected wins are more towards the middle of the pack at about three and a half. So they're about a 500 team really with the way they've played. And I, you can't really say the same thing about Denver. Uh, but I do see a world where Denver's defense just takes over. We, we have seen the Jaguars really struggle in the red zone. Um, they, they've, they've had no issue getting down the field. They just haven't been able to punch it in. And we've seen a really stingy defense um, with Evero coming over from the Rams. I think they're definitely missing him in a number of ways this season. But he he's done a fantastic job. He's kept the ship going for Denver. On If you can say anything about Nathaniel Hackett that he's done well, it's probably hiring him to be his defensive coordinator because they were not, you know, they had solid players last year. They did not live up to defensive expectations last year. Their, their numbers were not, uh, and the advanced stats in particular, were not up to par with uh, what people thought they could do. And this year they're third right now only behind Buffalo and Dallas. I mean, that, that side deserves better. I said it for I went on rambled about it in the last podcast, so I'll try not to too much here. But I just feel bad for them. Maybe this is the game where they're like, they put their foot in the ground and say, screw it. We have to not only just play, stop the other team, we have to take the ball and go the other way. Maybe this is the one where Denver does that, but I'm not going to be the one to pick them um, at this point. I'm going to go with the Jags finding a way to win because they've just started, have been the better football team overall this year. Yeah, I think that's uh, the best pick uh, there, to say the least. All right, uh, the Panthers and the Falcons. Falcons, four-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, coming off that big loss in Cincinnati. But Panthers coming off that big win against the Bucks. Uh, things are kind of, I think, switching spots here for this one. Falcons, we said, aside from that game, every game's been closed. I wouldn't be surprised if this one is, but uh, the Falcons are rightfully favored, and I will pick them to win this one. Yeah, I'm picking the Falcons. I think, I mean, their offense has things clicking better than it showed against Cincinnati. I think, you know, Carolina's defense ended up having a great game. I don't know how much it was about them, how much was just kind of those wacky things that week to week we see in the league. I still have uh, concerns about their offense. I mean, this is one of the worst offenses still in the league in Carolina, in my opinion. I I know that they're able to put some yards in the ground and maybe can do that against Atlanta too. Um, And Atlanta's defense has not been great by any means so far this year but they do have a, a decent special teams edge in this game and overall their offense still i think they'll, they'll figure some things out um at home too so i'll pick the falcons but four and a half felt a little high i, I thought maybe we'd see more of a three-point spread after the results last week interesting spread here for this one the bears of the cowboys the cowboys are nine and a half point favorites uh, in arlington for this one, I think a lot of that's going to be on the Cowboys' defense uh, going up against the Bears' offense that just scored points against the uh, Patriots. Some of that, of course, helped out by their defense. Uh, but Cowboys, Dylan, if, uh, they got Dak back. They looked really good against the Lions. That defense is something else. Uh, so I think maybe you see the Bears come back down to earth here uh, for this one. So the Cowboys, uh, clearly the pick, and I'll be honest, almost consider this one too as a betting lock. I think the Cowboys are just that good especially on the defensive uh, side right now yeah not also not going to overreact to what the bears did i do think they maybe 
um, over against some weaker opponents might have some more luck with the having Justin Fields run the ball more, a little bit more of a varied kind of attack with not just trying to force traditional running plays and kind of the passing game that was not working at all. They figured some things out, I think, against New England to an extent, but I don't think it's going to matter against this defense. Dallas has been dominant on that side of the football, um, and I think they have enough things organized on offense to still put up a, a decent uh, output here against um, against the Bears. They've run the ball really well. I think Dak's only going to get more comfortable as the weeks go on. Just, yeah, the, the spread may be a little bit high, but I won't be shocked if it's exactly – uh, almost exactly the same score that we just saw a week ago with the Lions and, and the Cowboys. I could see something with the Cowboys struggling at first, but maybe getting into the 20s and, and the Bears as fun as it was last week. And, and maybe they'll figure some things out against weaker opponents. I just think Dallas's defense is too dominant of a unit to possibly have entertained an upset, um, but maybe they find a way to cover. Speaking of the Lions, the uh, Dolphins uh, head there as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, so that game played Detroit. Um, we talked about the Dolphins recently. I mean, you know, as bad as the Lions' offense was against the Cowboys, Dolphins' offense at times, especially in that second half, was um, a little head-scratching, uh, yeah. to say the least, with some of their their offensive uh, schemes and play calls. Uh, a lot to be desired still, I think. Uh, game two back for Tua. I still think that Lions' defense, uh, which didn't look as bad <laughs> against the Cowboys, um, probably gives up some big scores here to a Tyree Kill or a Jalen Waddle. Uh, I think that's probably the difference in this game. Uh, sneaky, I think, this one. And maybe that's just me trying to lead on this Lions team, but um, I just, yeah, I can't pick them. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. It's a big game for Miami to, you know, when you look at some of the opponents they still have left in their schedule in a crowded AFC, they got to win these type of ones. So um, I think they'll come out. I'm picking the Dolphins to win. I do think the Lions maybe have a bit more fight with their offense. I know they've been banged up there, and that has been tough, and maybe they have regressed actually to closer to what they're really going to be. But they played two really good defenses. I know the Dolphins have been solid at times, but they're not a dominant defense like what we saw that week against the, the Patriots with the Lions and then last week. Uh, with what they face in Dallas. I think they'll have some things in the passing game opened up. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball well, which doesn't allow them to take advantage of their of their uh, best skill set with their offensive line. So I um, I do wonder if it's a great matchup for them on defense or, uh, or for with the, the Dolphins' defense and how the Lions' offense lines up um, in this one. And I think that, yeah, things were a little bit funky last week, like you mentioned, and weren't great at times in the passing game for Miami. But, again, we talked about how Tua hadn't practiced and, Getting back into the scheme of things, they're still at this point, um, even with that game, uh, Buck, uh, you know, racked up and not their best performance throwing the ball. They're still third in pass offense DVOA in the total on the year itself. That's including the games without Tua. So um, I think they're going to figure some things out. I think they'll put up some points, and I think the Dolphins will win and probably win by at least a touchdown here. Cardinals at the Vikings, three-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, Minnesota there uh, in Minnesota. Uh, could be a sneaky good game here, too. Uh, Cardinals, we know they can put up points. They got DeAndre Hopkins back. That obviously uh, helps. But, uh, man, the Vikings, I told you, is like you forget the Vikings are, well, where the Vikings are right now. It's almost like they've done it kind of sneakily. I don't even know if that's the yeah. best way to put it. But, uh, again, maybe a product of the schedule, too, to this point. But, um Vikings have played some decent football. They've won a lot of close games. I think that's the you know the interesting part too to think about. But I think they probably win another close one here. Uh, it just feels like a, a decent setup for them coming off a bye. Yeah, like you mentioned with Hopkins, it becomes a bigger hurdle for a, a Vikings team that still has not played fantastic given their record. It's, it's I mean I think they're 
uh, this is what should be happening after years of bad luck for Vikings teams losing games they should have won <laughs> yeah. in close games. I, I, I do recall, I think that last year these two teams played and the Vikings had a field goal to win and missed it from pretty reasonable distance early in the year. So, I mean, they've, they've played, that was a kind of wacky game. I could see it happening again this time. But I do think Minnesota, I think Arizona is not the team they were um, last year overall. Still have a lot of questions about their defense and their running game on offense. And just overall special, I mean, they're, they're I think they're more worthy of a three and four record where I think the Vikings, you know, five and one, maybe they're more of a four and two uh, past years with their luck, maybe more of a three and three team. Their expected wins only 3.4 right now. Um, uh, but I think there are better days ahead even for this offense, and it's already shown. They're, they've been solid, not perfect, but I think they're going to be, by the end of the year, one of the top ten offenses in the league um, in DVOA. Um, they kind of trend in that direction. It feels like things are maybe clicking there. So even if the defense struggles in this one, I think they, they put up enough points. And maybe let's see what the over-under is here, 49. Man, that's a little high, but I want to say that it's going to be higher than that. I think yeah. the Giants uh, Seahawks was forty five. That was one where I meant to, I was going to mention. I think I'll go over the forty five for New York and Seattle. This one, yeah. I would go over it. Screw it. I know we've had a lot of unders, and that's I kind of been so the theme too. this year. Yeah. But I think this game has a chance to be a be more of a Big Twelve kind of affair. Uh, Big Twelve from you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe a decade ago than what it is now. But yeah, yeah, I think that's a good good comparison. Um, <laughs> All right, this one, I don't know what you do with this one, Dylan. The Raiders at the Saints. Uh, the Raiders are two-point favorites in New Orleans. I think the quarterback situation, Jameis, still not 100%. Uh, don't know his status yet as we record this. Um, Raiders, meanwhile, I mean, they've been a mixed bag, right? Uh, yeah. And I think it's kind of tough to, to feel confident about the Raiders going on the road and getting a win in New Orleans, but I still... I don't. I just don't. I don't have a great feel on this one. But the Raiders are favored by Vegas. I'll give Vegas the, you know, the benefit of the doubt here, and uh, I will also side with the Raiders. But uh, to me, this is a game that I have no idea how it plays out. Yeah, New Orleans has kind of been, you know, you see flashes. They they look great on you know portions of their of that game uh, on offense against Arizona, and then they throw two pick sixes. The defense has kind of fluctuated. It looked really good early in the year, and it's kind of fallen off now. It's it's more towards the back half of the league. I think the Raiders, as we've talked about, are, are a better team in their record. They're probably closer to the, like the flip side of what we mentioned with Minnesota at five and one. The Raiders are now two and four team. They're probably if you if those two played each other in Vegas, I'd put it. Is almost a coin flip. I, I really do believe the Raiders' offense is pretty good. Their defense, like Minnesota's, hasn't been perfect, but has forced some turnovers at times. Their special teams are pretty good. I think they're a better football team, so I'm going to pick them to win this game, but it is sketchy. It, it's the kind of game that we looked at in, <laughs> over the last few years with these Raiders teams, and maybe things have changed a bit uh, with McDaniels and some of the other uh, personnel they have in there. Um, but these are the kind of games in the last couple of years they've been they've lost. We I remember they lost to the Jets one game. Like they just had some weird games over the last yeah. two years where it's like, what are these? What what happened here? <laughs> and even early in the game against Houston last week, they they really struggled early on. They found the rhythm. Uh, they'll probably have to find it quicker. We'll see what the atmosphere is like. And for the Saints, I, they always have a great atmosphere. But with the way the team has played, I wouldn't blame fans for not being as enthusiastic as they usually are down in New Orleans. So maybe that helps a tad um, in a weird kind of game that I'll pick the Raiders to win. But like you mentioned, do not feel great about this one because New Orleans is kind of sneaky with the way that they've been able to put up randomly better efforts against some of the opponents they've faced. Yep, I think that's something to keep in mind with this one. But, uh, yeah, no great feel on this game. All right, I do have a good feel on this one. The Patriots are one-and-a-half-point favorites at the Jets. Um, I think I picked the Jets to win every game they played in the past month. And you know what? I've, I've, it's done It's done well. Um, yeah. 
I'm picking the Jets again here, so technically this is an upset. Uh, but I told you, I don't know why the Patriots are favored in this game. Uh, if you look at the trajectory of both teams right now, Patriots just flopped against the Bears. Um, Jets coming off a, a win against the Broncos. But I'll tell you now, Dylan, the better bet is not just the Jets to win. The under, 40 and a half on this game. <laughs> Give me the under all day, every day in this one. This could mirror what we saw last week with the Jets and the Broncos. Um, I just I don't think there's a lot of points scored here. Even though the Patriots gave up a lot against the Bears, the Jets' offense is not that intimidating. Let's call it what it is. Maybe James Robinson helps that moving forward. But I just think this is a low-scoring game, and I think the Jets grind out another one with their with their defense. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one and a really big you know turning point game for both teams. Uh, you know, they, these teams also play I think two of the next like four weeks uh, with a bye for the Jets. Yeah, in between there. Uh, it's it's a really big moment for you know seeing separation in the standings um, and just for a Jets team that feels like they're on the rise and feels like they're starting to build something. It is really tough to lose Brees Hall and in after we recorded last time, I think it came out later on Monday that Elijah Vera Tucker's out for the year too. That's a huge loss. Um, yeah. I, not a guy that you're going to be able to replace as easily. And I think and not that even James Robinson can do what Hall uh, was able to as he started to kind of really take off. But I do like this defense for the Jets. I, just like I, th- I thought I liked New- uh, the defense for New England until we, they had just had an awful effort last week. I know the offense didn't put them in too many great positions. But New England has, if they have on their defense, they've struggled. And maybe it was something we could have, I should have looked at when I made New England my betting lock. But they really have struggled against the run. If there is one part, of, and I might have mentioned it in our preview of that game, but that is something that, um, one part of New England's defense that just has been a struggle, and I think we're going to see a really run heavy. And that's a, again the importance of Elijah Barry Tucker, and maybe things do change without him and and, and Hall. But um, I think there is an opportunity there to be exploited. Whereas the Jets' defense is a, much more balanced; uh, they're more in the uh, they've been great against the pass, but also solid against the run, solid enough. Where I don't know if New England can kind of like what they did against the Bears. I, I wonder what their what their offensive attack is going to look like. I don't think they can just bully these guys up front. This is not the Jets' teams of old and even of last year. Um, so I'm picking the Jets to win. Just uh, It'll be a little more fun, I think, to, to want them, uh, just even if I'm not overly rooting for them, just because of my picks, wanting them to win, uh, then New England. Uh, maybe New England, this is one of those classic Belichick games where we've seen this over the years. Jets fans know that he a lot of times has – something special cooked up for them maybe something comes along with this offense but it has been outside of the game against the lions and some other weaker opponents doing one's face they have not looked great on offense so um i'll go with the jets just having enough and being maybe conservative enough with their with their game plan and how they attack with a running attack that has been pretty solid overall over the course of the year maybe that is uh, one other weak spot they can kind of take advantage of and Man, that we we're talking, we're we're both picking the Jets here. We're talking about a six and two Jets team. I don't think this is exactly. I want to. I've seen some people say like, are the Jets this year's Bengals? I don't agree with that necessarily. I think you you look at the difference in yeah. the skill, uh, the receivers, well, different and, in style and, and for quarterback. sure. Quarterback, yeah. oh, very different style, but also just the difference yes. in the quarterback <laughs> position uh, in particular. I Zach Wilson didn't look fantastic last week. I do wonder still about. Overall, what uh, his uh, the trajectory there, but I do think the Jets, at least as a team in terms of a surprise team that went from one of the worst in the league to making the playoffs, uh, clearly they're right there. If they're at six and two, they're in the conversation. You can look at their schedule and find if they get the six and two, you can probably find four more wins out of their last nine games. And we're looking at ten and seven. That's usually been enough to get in the postseason, even the AFC. 
Jets could be six and two. Giants could be six and two or seven and one coming out of this That's weekend. Crazy. So something to think about. Uh, yeah, definitely wild. The Steelers are at the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles eleven point favorites in Philadelphia for this one. Um, I didn't even think hard at all about this one. I think the the Eagles are the pick. Uh, I don't have any any confidence in the Steelers offense right now. Uh, and I, quite frankly, even if they were to slow down the Eagles coming off a bye, I just don't see it. I don't think they could score enough points. Um, so give me the Eagles here. And honestly, probably win this by double digits, although I didn't want to make an 11.1 uh, my betting lock in this scenario. That's the reason I shied away, too. I thought about it, but I was like, can I really do that? Is that a little disrespectful uh, to the Steelers that have played? You know, they stayed in that game. Uh, they're, they're not. They're only coming two weeks off beating Tampa, even though with Tampa's struggles. But yeah, this game, ESPN's Football Power Index has this as one of the biggest mismatches of the week, right up there with Bears Cowboys. So I mean, that tells you um, kind of how they look at this. Uh, coming off the bye, too, a fresh team, a, a team that has beaten good opponents, obviously at six and zero, but they've also really bullied teams that are uh, on the worst half of the league. So. I see them. This isn't. You know, there's been some fun over the years games between these two franchises in Pennsylvania. A lot of years where they're both pretty good throughout the 2000s, but I don't see this being the case. Um, I see the Eagles' defense feasting, probably forcing a few turnovers. Their, their offense is just too varied, and and unlike a lot of teams in, in the league right now that don't know their identity, uh, I feel pretty good about Philadelphia's knowledge of who they are on that side of the football, both passing and throwing the ball. So I, yeah, I think they're going to cruise to a win here. And then there is the Bengals at the Browns. Uh, the Bengals are the favorite in this one. Three and a half is the spread. Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of your divisional, you know, midseason AFC North type matchup. Wouldn't be surprised if it's close. Um, we talked about kind of the impact of Njoku being out for the Browns and their passing offense, but we know they can run the ball. Um, I, just, I just think the Bengals, as we said, have kind of, started to figure some things out and um that's kind of a good spot to be in so i think they they find enough offense to to take care of business here yeah this is a matchup that hasn't really gone cincinnati's way a lot lately they've lost seven of the last eight matchups here um including every yeah. game in the joe burrow era i don't believe he played the uh, just one of them the last uh, week 18 game with the bengals already had wrapped up the division but he did play the other the other ones uh early in the season um in his rookie year and then also the the loss where they got demolished um, in November last season against the Browns team. That's obviously very different than that one, but I still think they have a great offensive line. I still think there are some matchup things that the Bang or the Browns can do well. I think the Browns overall are a team that as I don't think they're good, but I don't think they're as bad as the record might indicate to you. Um, looking at total DVOA, they're at 15th right now with expected wins at 3.7, closer to a 4-3 and three record really than anything. The offense is still in the top half of the league, still going to be able to run the ball well. I think they do give the Bengals' defense some problems, but and I know it's in Cleveland, but I, Cincinnati's defense uh, honestly looks better than last year. They're ranking better um, in a number of different ways, um, and I just wonder for Cleveland's offense uh, if they have to pass to keep up with Joe Burrow. I don't think they can do it. Um, their defense has been bad, and I think that is one thing with Cleveland that I did not expect. I was hoping that they would start to make that. They have a lot of talented players, but it, it just has not come together. The cohesion's not there. The they struggled with against the run. They struggled against the pass. They've really just they're one of the bottom five defenses in the league in DVOA at this point. They're not expected to get much better over the course of the year. And I think we we just saw what Cincinnati did to a Falcons defense that also has similar issues. I think there's a chance that Joe Burrow and this and this offense has figured some some things have clicked and maybe 
I would have maybe this is my like runner up almost beyond well outside of your betting lock I might have gone with that as well but I think Cincinnati here I feel pretty good about the direction they're going I think for the Browns team it's just also like it is tough uh, to to keep you know the way they've lost some of these games they feel like they're better but you it's just the schedule as we talked about for the Browns gets way harder now and it's just got to be demoralizing some of the results they've had. And I, I think this is maybe a knockout blow um, and when Cleveland really does start looking ahead to next season. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I think the Bengals are clicking, starting to figure things out on both sides and uh, have a chance. The defense has been solid all year, but the offense has another big performance. We're looking at a Bengals team that maybe we start to talk about slightly under that. You know, we have the Bills and the Chiefs definitely up here and some uh, at the top of the, of the conference and top of the NFL, arguably. But maybe the Bengals fight there with, with another dominant performance that they set at five and three at almost the midpoint of the season or basically the midpoint now that there's an odd number of games um i think you start putting them back in that conversation just because the defense has not regressed as some people thought they might and i think the offense is really starting to figure out uh, their identity better and um, maybe this will be a big game to kind of show that off again yep we'll see how it plays out and uh yeah a lot of interesting games on this slate and like we said some Interesting ones that will start to shape the playoff picture, perhaps, uh, depending on what happens with uh, a couple of these teams for the good or the bad, uh, in the case of teams like the Bucks and the Packers, perhaps. But there you go. There are picks for Week 8 in the NFL. Uh, of course, Dylan has always got it covered over clutch points. Lots of stuff to get everybody ready uh, for Week 8. So let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, tons of injury coverage, tons of stuff on the trade deadline. We've looked at every team's trades that they could make player uh, for uh, teams that need to buy, teams that need to sell. We're doing a lot of stuff on players that teams should trade away, uh, best destinations for a lot of teams or uh, players that are on the on the kind of on the rumor mill uh, situation. So yeah, all that's at Clutch Points in the NFL section. You can find it on the website and the on the app. You can obviously follow all the games in the Clutch Points app as long as well as NBA games, World Series starting in a couple days, one day after this podcast will come out. Out. so yeah a lot of fun stuff going on and uh, a lot of uh, also betting uh, if you're interested in our betting coverage and our predictions there search the betting section there all the nfl we should have the the ravens bucks article already out but all the other ones should be coming out friday and saturday so a lot of good stuff coming out and it should be another fun week uh hopefully even if we haven't we we're kind of uncertain about these games of the week always, less always a little less fun with the uh chiefs not playing but at least we get you know teams like the bills um the vikings um the eagles some of the teams were on buys last week we have them coming back so it should be hopefully a more more exciting week and maybe the offenses will start to finally catch up or maybe this is just the new nfl <laughs> yeah we'll i hope not but uh we'll, we'll see if it is um but yes a lot of fun interesting matchups on the schedule so check out everything at clutch points to get you uh, ready for all the games and as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use search for establish pass and uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the establish pass podcast.